This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting betterhelp.com slash yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash yanks. Today is Monday, July 29th, and we have a whole ton of voicemails to go over. It is the Yankees off day, a nice relaxing no game breather. Let's have some fun. Let's talk pitching woes. Let's talk trades. Let's talk fun hypotheticals. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Recaps galore for weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. All right, what's up, everybody? Thank you for clicking play, hanging out with us today for a little bit. We got the voicemail episode, usually a lot of fun. We got a ton of voicemails, Jake, a whole bunch. I hope you're excited. I know I'm excited. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, Last voicemail episode before the trade deadline, a little scared of a couple of the questions we're going to run into, but excited. Voicemail episode is always a fun day. I think we we still got a couple silly ones that'll be mixed in with uh, a lot of serious topics, man. A lot of people are up in arms about the pitching, and rightfully so to a degree. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see what what the people brought for us today. All right, I mean, and just like that, let's get right into it. Uh, we have so many voicemails, and uh, so if we just uh, MTV next you, don't feel bad. Um, some are going to have to get nexted. We're both going mic in hand today. Yeah, well, I got a no soundboard, so I like to put it up to their thing and all that nonsense, but still need to get my laptop fixed. Yeah. Are you ready? Ready, the first, The first category that Luke has here for us is pitching. Huh, that's a topic? It's a topic. For some reason, people are really worried, and they're calling in about the pitching. Here we go. Hey, it's Guy from New Jersey with a theory about James Paxton. You know, he's been, now this year, definitely very frustrating, but not a complete bust or anything. Uh, as you know, pitching staff sort of feed off of each other. One good start turns into another good start, into another good start. Just as a bad start turns into another bad start, into another bad start. Most recently, Paxton had an awful outing against the Rockies, which started the slide in Minnesota, and then the first three games of the series against the Red Sox, including two bad starts by Paxton. Uh, what are your thoughts? Let's go Yanks. That was kind of hard for me to hear, but Paxton, I Paxton, did he start a bad stretch of pitching? I do think good performances feed off each other, but I don't think bad performances feed off each other. Is that allowed? Uh, a little bit. I, I think there's definitely something to momentum, and we we saw it this week <laughs> when your pitching staff really needs a big start. I think that's definitely something. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know how much. I'm not going to blame Paxton for everyone else's problems. I'll just blame Paxton for Paxton's problems. Yeah. It's a, 
It's crazy, man. I, I told you on Talking Baseball this morning, if you don't know, we have a Talking Baseball podcast that's doing really well. Um, Paxton's last six starts, 29.2 innings pitched, a 6.67 ERA. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, there's three actually pretty decent starts in there, but they didn't seem decent because of his first inning woes. It's just been bad, man. It sucks. John Boy and Jake, it's Sam Paul from the Jersey Shore. First of all, I want to congratulate you on the awesome, awesome week. Uh, two two podcasts in the top five is really an amazing accomplishment. Um, so just a quick question. I saw an article about the Yankees potentially going in the playoffs with a four-man rotation of Tanaka, Paxson, and either whoever they acquire and Sevy, and then the fourth guy being um, being bullpen day, sort of Chad, maybe Chad to Domingo or Chad to Nestor. Just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on this. I'd rather see them out there than maybe CC or half the way they're pitching right now. All right, I'll shut up and listen. Bye bye. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see Hap or CC getting a start in the playoffs. No, I think it's, yeah. Right? Is that shocking to say? It it can't be right. No, I mean, it's it's crazy that Hap is kind of closer to CC. Um, I don't know. I guess you could picture CC doing like a three or four inning start if you really needed it. Uh, again, still a lot has to happen at this deadline, and there's two months of the season left. Um, yeah, some something unforeseen would have to happen for that. Unless they, they don't trade for a starter and they trade for just a ton of bullpen and then CC like, is part of a bullpen day, basically. Yeah, like he essentially just gets two times through the lineup and that's it. If that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be like a whole new strategy that they're going with, though. Change the game. Change the game. Hi, my name's Jackie from White Plains, New York. I'm a first-time caller. Love your show, so thanks for that. My call's about Araldis Chapman. I'm calling the day after the quote-unquote best game of the year, um, where he was one of the pitchers to allow a lead change. I was wondering if you guys think anything about Chapman's latest performance. I don't want to sound like a spoiled Yankee fan, but when you come from Mariano Rivera, you used to one, two, three. But I feel like every time Chapman pitches, he's making us sweat a bit. He blew the lead against Tampa last week and this week as well, and they showed Boone in the dugout saying, oh, all you could do was sit and watch. Do you have any other relievers that you think could handle a big pressure situation like that? I'm thinking green. It would be nice if we had the Kansas, but we don't have that luxury. So let me know if you guys think anything of that. Thanks, and go Yanks. Uh, we have a couple Chapman questions, Jake. Do uh, The next one is, do we think the music affected Chapman at Target Field? I don't know if there's... Hey, John Boy, this is Alex. I'm a transplanted Yankee fan living in Montreal. I know you're talking about the music uh, over at Target Field. Uh, it's pretty annoying, the music in between the pitches. But uh, some people were saying you're triggered, but <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But anyway... Um, I was just wondering if you think it would have maybe affected our oldest Chapman. I mean, sometimes he can just be wild, but anyway, he kind of blew it and ended up being pretty good in the end, so I guess uh, all's well that ends well. But, yeah, thanks anyway. Congrats on blowing up. Uh, thanks. Bye. And I believe there's one more about Chapman, and we'll mix them all together. 
What's up, Talking Yanks? Dustin from Indiana again. I got a question I've kind of been kicking around here lately, but a lot of talk being around trade deadline. I got a different question for you. With Mo's recent induction into the Hall of Fame, do you think a Roldish Chapman is Hall of Fame material? Maybe he's the next guy in Yankees pinstripes to be in the Hall. I think with the season he's been putting up this year, he's got a good shot if he can keep it up, pending that he doesn't opt out of his contract with the Yankees. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, so one guy's got Chappie going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, another another uh, Jackie wanted uh, Chad Green to replace him. And did the music uh, affect him? I don't know about the music. It was crazy when he was pitching. It was, like, really loud. And then in between every pitch, it was, like, techno music. Probably would piss me off, but I don't know. I can't. I don't know if he did. What are your thoughts on Chapman? Are you worried? Uh, do you think <laughs> – I know what you're going to say. Oh? Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Um, Jim, I don't know. Chapman's having a bad month, man. Um, eight, eight appearances in the month of July, 7.2 innings, seven earned runs, 8.22 ERA. Uh, the one thing that jumps out, Jim, nine walks, 11 strikeouts. Um, that's, uh, the, those walks aren't un- unacceptable and we, we've seen him lose his control in the Minnesota game. Um, and yeah, he's, he's got three blown saves technically this month before that, Jim, uh, he came into July with a one, three, six ERA. And he was the guy that the American league chose to close out the all-star game. And when he's right, he's right. He clearly has been a little off. Um, I think we're definitely, um, we're in a yellow flag section, like a, a couple more bad appearances by Chapman coming up, and it's like, okay, we got to reset the engine. But uh, yeah, I, I think maybe bad timing with Mariano Rivera going into Cooperstown, because uh, uh, upgrading over Araldis Chapman isn't isn't really possible. Yeah, that's it's uh, it. We started doing talking baseball. You start watching other teams. Mariano is the exception, not the rule. You cannot compare other guys to Mariano or you're just not going to have a good time. Like, yeah, do we want Mariano Rivera back? Sure. He's the best to ever do it. Yeah. To ever do it. Imagine comparing someone to the best to ever do something. He's no mo. You can't just say that flippantly. Mo was the best to ever do it. You can't compare guys to that. It's unfair. Chapman's been bad recently, though. I, I really don't have... Uh, really don't have... He's the closer. He's going to be the closer moving forward. He's going to get good again. That's my thoughts. Yeah, and... I. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll, everyone at the same time still wants to be mad about, um, or, you know, there, there's still this stigma out there about, like, guys can't handle New York. It's starting to come out with James Paxton, Sonny Gray, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, picture putting that on the closer and, and let me know what you think because I'll tell you, there's only two players in baseball with more saves than Araldis Chapman. Brad Hand, who's doing it in Cleveland, and Kirby Yates, who's doing it in San Diego. So, I mean, do you really trust those guys over Araldis Chapman? A, 
not available. Well, actually, Kirby Yates might be. But if he came to town, Kirby Yates knows he's not taking the closer job from Araldis Chapman. I mean, it's it's very much like I'm trying. David to- Robertson was a closer. He didn't take it. Britton was a closer. He didn't take it. No one's taking Chapman's job. Uh, yeah, not to go too tribal, but like on the closer, the closer world of baseball, if you all put them in the same room, like Araldis Chapman would have like the most tattoos on his arms for like I I've I've done I've been through the most battles. Like it's kind of yeah, you kind of start going. I was gonna say Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones. Put some braids in in his hair, Khaleesi style. If the Yankees were a Dothraki tribe, like Chapman would be the leader just because he's like done the most. Ton of braids. Ton of braids. Yo, what's up, guys? I just wanted to talk about Luis Severino. People are saying that, you know, to come back, work him back through the bullpen or whatever. I don't know. Do you want regular season, postseason? He's got to start. This guy could be the difference of the starter. We gotta have him start in the postseason. Working back in the regular season, start in the postseason. Sevy reliever or starter in the postseason, Jake. This is gonna be up to Sevy, like in his body. Um, if you have the, if you have a choice, you choose starter. The only way he goes to the bullpen is because starter's been taken off the menu. They eighty-sixed it. Yeah, I I think the only thing, Jim, that I, I don't think we're fully in line with, or, or maybe we are, is that, and I think last voicemail episode, someone was like, why would you even mess with Seve in the bullpen? And it's like, well, if you could get some good innings out of Seve, get good innings out of Seve. But at that same time, Jim, like, look what we, what we just said about CC Sabathia. Like, maybe we'd start him for a game and hope to get three, four innings. Like... If Luis Severino is going to be built up for 60 pitches, hey, you just start him, right? And then you you go to Chad from there, and then you go to Adovino in the bullpen. So I think I'm out on, like, quote-unquote, bullpen Sevy. I think there's a construct, that's such a bad way to say it, where Sevy is <laughs> our starting reliever, essentially. If Sevy only has 50 bullets in the tank, you start him just to start him because that's what he does. Opener. <laughs> opener starter seven Sevy. yeah like stanick goes two innings sometimes Just opener Sevy. it's gonna be wild man to see how uh if he can get back and if he can how quickly he can ramp up yeah it's scary scary it's scary it's game changer or or status quo i guess hey, there's Jimmy, only really you know positives you know why it's scary as all hell why? Because we're freaked out about our pitching. We don't know who or what we're going to get at the deadline. And there is a world where this Yankees team is depending on Sevy to come back. And now we're begging on our strength and conditioning crew, which <laughs> that nobody is confident in right now. So that is scary. Strength and conditioning crew had a bad year. Bad year. Tough season. We're still not out of the weeds. Like, until we get to the offseason, more injuries are going to come. Yep. DJ and Gardy just went down. Yep. Gardy never gets hurt. Cute groin. What'd you say about me? You had a very funny joke on Twitter, John Boy. I wrote it down. 
going on, John Boy and Jake? It's Colin from Red Bank here. I just got done watching the Yanks just get absolutely smacked. Um, but it is what it is. Those games kind of happen in a long season. They just lost to Boston. My question is, coming down the stretch here, this, I mean, who's gonna, who's gonna be the guy to step up and, like, in this rotation? They've been through the rotation, like, five times about, like, Cut out there. Cut out at the end there. Cut out at the end there. I think he called back, though. Same number. Called right back. What's going on, guys? Larry from Brooklyn. First time caller here. I'm just, I'm sitting here saying here, the Yankees have, they just got smacked up by Boston, all right? And, uh, it happens. It's a long season. Yeah, those games are going to happen. But my question is, who's going to be the guy in the rotation down the stretch? Because the Yankees' rotation is having a bad stretch right now. They're having a bad stretch. Who's going to be the guy down the stretch to step up in a big situation? I think it's Tanaka. But tonight wasn't great. I still love Tanaka. I think Tanaka's the guy. Well, who do you guys think the guy's going to be to be the stopper? Let me know. <laughs> Thanks. Stopper. Oh, oh, that was too good. Um, Colin, you gave us a great laugh. Colin called in, <laughs> used his normal voice, <laughs> messed up at the end, then called back and changed his name to Larry from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, if you guys didn't get why we were giggling, that was the same voicemail. We do have, like, a caller ID. So he called in the first time, didn't like how his message came out, and decided to go second message in straight audible to Larry from Brooklyn. So we appreciate we appreciate that hustle, but we <laughs> but we got you. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Colin. Anyway, who do you think is going to be the stopper? The stopper. I don't know, man. I I mean. Jim, you know I, I can butter knife stats with the best of them, or, or that's our new phrase for him. Uh, I mean, Tanaka's season stats after these two Boston games are going to be brutal. I mean, 3.1, 12 earned runs, and then he's got the six earned runs and .2 innings in London. And I, I get it, guys. I, I You know, London's its own thing, and he was there to fall on the sword game one in Boston, but that's fully on him. Um, you'd like to not see it get up to 12 earned runs, but it is what it is. Outside of those Boston starts, which I know people aren't going to be happy with me even saying that, I mean, you can believe in Tanaka. He actually has been pretty solid this year. And, I mean, Tanaka's pitched some big games for us, man. I mean, his, um, his, Jim, you know, you know Tanaka's postseason ERA? Uh, 2.0789. In 30 innings, Masahiro Tanaka has a 1.5 ERA. Wow. Yeah, so dude, that, Tanaka's awesome. That's a that's a pretty good stat. Yeah, he went uh uh last year ALDS, 5 innings, 1 earned run. In 2017, 7 innings shutout, 6 innings, 2 earned run, 7 innings shutout. So, Tank can twirl it in the postseason. He's done nothing to not prove it. So, I mean, after what we saw from our pitching this week, do we absolutely need to see something better from Tanaka? Yes. But 
there's a re- there is reason to believe if he can be if he can look like his normal self heading into the last month of the season, heading into the postseason, you can trust Tanaka in the playoffs. He's given us no reason not to. No reason not to. Yeah, Tanaka's still my dude. Just gotta just gotta figure it out. Once he has one good start, I'm there. I'm all in. Domingo, yeah. he can have a good stretch, and let's go trade for a guy, and he'd be the catalyst. He'd be the stopper. Stopper. Speaking of, just read John Heyman just tweeted some stuff out. Your buddy. And another guy who I won't name that's just full of shit. Ooh, Jake Storielli. Cracking me up. Just those stupidest updates. Oh, are they tweeting Yanks-Mets updates or what? No. (laughs) The one I just saw was... um, just checked with my sources. Yanks are checking in on uh, Liriano or whatever. Uh, Felipe Vasquez. Yep. It's like, it's so easy to be a reporter. Check this out. You want to report? You guys can tell people you heard it here from me. Yeah. Yankees are checking in on uh, any available player. Okay. Boom. Lock it in stone. Yankee, Yankees looking at players available at the deadline. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yo, that's every Heyman tweet. For sure. That's every single Heyman tweet. He just changes it up a little bit. He just changes it up a little bit, but every single Heyman tweet is uh, team looking for players is interested in players available, but he just gives, like, some names. Here, this is his most recent tweet. Brewers and Astros remain engaged on Robbie Ray. Yanks and others also interested. So, yeah, Robbie Ray's available at the deadline, and all the teams, the Brewers, the Astros, the Yankees, and others are interested in acquiring him. I just can't believe that someone fucking employs him to do that and that people react to those tweets as if they're real. Teams interested in pitching will inquire about pitching. That's every Heyman tweet. We just had a trade, Jim. Brewers trade Jordan Lyles. Brewers acquire Jordan Lyles from the Pirates for Cody Ponce. Ponce. So, trade season's happening. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, that trade doesn't affect my worry or excitement about what the Yankees are going to do at all. So, that's good. That's good. Jordan Lyles. Who did he get traded for? Cody Ponce. 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 Wow. I just typed in Jordan Lyles and the first article about him written today. Jordan Lyles struggles will continue. (laughs) Tough break. (laughs) Do do the Brewers know that? (laughs) Yeah. Brewers do not read that article. Jordan Lyles' team is 0-18 in his past 18 starts in the month of July. Okay, whatever. Next. Hey, John Boy Jake. Bill from Austin here. Hey, so I'm just trying to get some insight from you guys. Um, I don't know how the wizard Brian Cashman himself thinks. Uh, I would never question one of his decisions. But when he goes out and he asks or he tells the baseball world that New York Yankees are looking for a pitcher, and then we don't get a pitcher. Next. 
deadline's not over. Everything Cashman says to the media is posturing. Please don't react to it. What's up, gentlemen? This is Luke from Iowa. Um, I have a question for you all. I want you to discuss on the show. With uh, all the recent success of Brian Cashman and uh, his ability to make incredible trades here the past five years or so, do you think there is some hesitancy with uh, some of the other GMs in the league to not want to get caught up in uh, another one of uh, Brian Cashman's masterpieces? What are you guys' thoughts? Thanks. There's been some moves. Didi, Shane Green, Hicks, the Hicks trade, John Ryan Murphy, um, Voight and Shreve. But now Gallegos is uh, really good for the Cardinals. So they can turn around and say, hey, we have Goldsmith and we got Gallegos is good. So, like, we're not that upset about it. But, yeah, there's a history of Cashman making good trades for bats. Do you think any GMs are like, I, I don't want to trade with you? You're a GM killer. I could see there being hesitation. If, if you're a GM, I, th- I mean, think about the mentality you have to have as a GM. You have to be wildly confident in what you're doing. You can't just quiver when other good GMs are around. Like, oh, I don't think I want to trade with Brian Cashman. Like, no, you have to be confident in who you're looking at and who you're going to get. And, uh, Jim, I, I think it, it might be funny. Um, at a lot of people talking about Robbie Ray uh, it could be, and Shane Green is also on the trading block. It's funny looking back at that old trade. Robbie Ray goes to the Diamondbacks, Shane Green to the Tigers, and Didi to the Yankees. Um, it, it would be funny. It, it could potentially be funny to see uh, where that trade lands nowadays if we see kind of the deadline come through on it again. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, so I think you're right. Like if a GM is a good GM. He has to have confidence in his moves and his ability. You can't be like running around scared. Yeah. I mean, just think about what message that is like, all right, uh, time to check in with the owner. So you, you eye in any trades. Oh, I heard, I heard that Clint Frazier for the Yankees. You could get him for a good price. Have you checked in? And Oh no, I don't trade with Brian Cashman. Like, I do think there's, I do think if, if Brian Cashman comes asking for a bat in your, in your minor league system, like Voight or Talkman. I think, I mean, they got Geo now for nothing. They got Didi and Hicks. These are all trades. I think there is a, if you're a GM or you're like, oh, Cashman likes that guy. Like, let's go run our analytics again. Yeah. What did they like so much? That has to be, that has, I mean, that has to be what you do anytime someone comes asking about a guy. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I had, a, I had a whole bad speech. Nobody needs to hear that. Hey, how are you boys doing? It's Hudson here from Albany. And I was just wondering that now that Stroman is off the market, who is there left to target, if anyone? That's all I got. Good day. Go Yanks. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Who's left? Uh, Boyd. <laughs> That's a good question. Boyd from the Tigers. Miner from the Rangers. Castillo, if you wanted to pay King's Ransom. We don't know if these guys are available, but these are the, the guys that GMs mill. are... The rumor mill. Uh, Trevor Bauer, I don't think he's going to get moved. Bumgarner, I don't think he's going to get Syndergaard. moved. Syndergaard. Syndergaard. Uh, Robbie Ray. Wheeler. Uh, Mike Leak from Seattle will probably get moved somewhere just as yeah. kind of like a Lance Lim, Jaime Garcia, end of the season body. innings eater type. A body. Yeah. Um, 
It's a lot of guys. It's a lot of relievers too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I and I I said this. Did I say this on talking Yanks or no? I said it on talking baseball today. Um, man, I hope they. Uh, I hope they let it. I hope baseball and GMs let it rip at the deadline and really just own the news cycle and have this be a cool thing. Let's not, you know, I I would love my Yankees to get a starting pitcher. Absolutely, baseball make some trades, man. Please, like it'd be so good yeah. for the game. Well, even if they make trades, ESPN won't cover it. Like it's partly like ESPN just doesn't cover base. I, don't, I hate ESPN. I don't go there for news anyway. But right. um, I you think know. They, there's been a couple bigger deadlines that they they have and they've had their hand forced, and I think baseball needs to do that. Yeah. Well, with the strict deadline, no waiver wire moves. It should be more exciting. But we'll see. It's also it's a lot of teams and still looking so. And, uh, like, if you have Boyd, if you have Castillo, like, there's no pressure to sell. Right. No, you're you're right. I think uh, Detroit... And it's almost better for baseball for, like, Bumgarner to stay and Bauer to stay. That's better for baseball and those teams to give it hell and, and support their city and keep the good product in their town and go after it. A little bit. I think Bauer yeah. on the Yankees would be better for baseball overall, but that's maybe there's bias there, maybe there's not. Yeah, I just can't. I don't. I think. I think they can make a run at it and trade Bauer after this season. So I think they will, but we'll see. Yeah. I have no idea. Next. Hey guys, Andrew from Mel's Kitchen. Uh, I want to know what you guys and Katie's thoughts are on uh, Matthew Boyd. Uh, he became a three pitch pitcher this year. Really good strikeout and walk rates. I think the home run problems aren't a big deal because he has an unsustainable home run per fly ball rate. I think he gets sort of bapped to death because the Detroit's defense is absolutely terrible and low key. Detroit's a hitter's park because of the batter's eye, just from stuff I read. Uh, I think we should get him. What are your thoughts? All right. So, Matthew Boyd, for anyone that's not. Uh... In the no, he's got three years left on his deal, so it's it's kind of uh, big. You get him for his tw- the rest of his 28-year-old season, this season. Then he's got 2020, 21, 22 on the books. I don't know what Detroit's, like, doing. Yeah. Like, if they trade him, they can start a rebuild because they're kind of in this area where they, like, haven't started their rebuild yet. They're just kind of bad right now. I don't yeah. get it. So, so yeah, we're if I was baseball. De- Oh, yeah, in the landslide. If I was Detroit, I'd trade him before something like Michael Fulmer happens. Like, he's got value. Start your rebuild. He's having a good year. Um, Andrew makes up good points about, like, the, the Tigers are just a bad team right now with a bad defense behind them and bad offense and bad everything, and he's still having a good season. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the, uh, the, all, the thing that's scary about Matthew Boyd, and I, I said it kind of in the Araldis Chapman thing, is Hey, maybe Matthew Boyd comes over, he gets a little Yankee energy, and he's on a good team, and it's exciting, and we we stumbled into this lefty pitcher that you still had to pay a lot for. Or what if Matthew Boyd comes over, struggles, and he's Matthew Boyd? Uh, I mean, that's just kind of the risk you run, and it's it's what I was talking about, Dothraki Chapman, which I know a couple fans are going to be happy with that, and if you're not a throner, you're going to be a little lost, but... 
Um, uh, you know, Matthew Boyd hasn't been through the battles. He's he, he's in an AL Central that's a pretty brutal division outside of Minnesota and Cleveland. So, uh, I mean, if he's there and the numbers are there and Cashman and his crew believe in him and he comes over and he's right, awesome. Um, I, right now, I mean, Jim, if, if, if we traded a, a pretty good package for Matthew Boyd, which we think you'd have to because there's a lot of team control, I mean... It's not like you're like, okay, he's going to be in our playoff rotation. Like, he'd have to prove a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of guys out there that aren't game changers immediately. Yeah. We have him for three years, though, like that, uh, which could help. But, uh, yeah, man, there's not a lot of guys where you're like, that's our, that's our number two. Can't, the game changers that are kind of out there would be Castillo, Cindergard, Bauer, and I think Granky if money and everything happened. Those are the four guys that I think could somehow be had and be game changers, but could also like not be had at all. Granky's scheduled to start against the Yankees. Yeah. On Wednesday, on Tuesday, cash trades for Granky and Robbie Ray. Granky starts against his old team, right. gives Tanaka the extra day of rest. Granky doesn't melt down in New York, even though he said he could probably never play here. Hates crowds. Would cost a bajillion dollars. But yeah, just the thought of him switching and playing against his own team, that'd be fun. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just... It's such a video game move, but getting Granky and Robbie Ray from Arizona while they're in town would be hilarious. It's not going to happen, but it'd be fun. not going to happen. Be fun, though. All right, here we go. Boys, it's Greco from down in Dallas. Uh, thinking about trade stuff, I was actually listening to the new Talking Baseball at Rock. Um, great to see that happening. Uh, Jake mentioned that the White Sox, after they got swept, could be big sellers. And I know that it's a long shot, but in the spirit of the trade deadline and the spirit of the Yankees always coming out of nowhere with the trade, I thought, could Lucas Giolito be a potential target? It would cost a lot, but... He's having a great year. His stock is high, and he's got an Italian last name. Love your thoughts. Thanks, guys. No. <laughs> What's up, Greco? Thanks for calling in. Uh, they're close. Like I said, the Tigers haven't started their rebuild. The White Sox started it, and they're like, they should be competing next year. They should yeah. be giving the Indians and the um, Twins a run for their money next year. And Giolito's like a big part of that. He's been he's been bad though, Jake. Uh he's doing a Sevy. Like since the All-Star break. Have you seen his numbers? Yeah, he's been getting knocked around a little bit. He's got a six three eight ERA. And I said on Talking Baseball that his season's mirroring Sevies from last year. Just ace, 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 and then total crapshoot. Uh he got six three eight ERA since the All-Star break with three games of six or more earned runs. But they're not going to sell him. They would sell pieces that they don't have anymore. They are they are in uh, win mode come next year, and he's part of that. You agree? Yeah, and they uh, Michael Kopech. I always I always think I'm saying his r name wrong. He's he's supposed to be a super talented pitcher. He should be back for next year. And yeah, they they've just got a lot of young guys who are kind of putting it together and growing. They're uh, they're they're definitely on next year watch for for baseball. 
Hey guys, Brandon from Virginia. Uh, it is 8 a.m. on Monday, so as of now, uh, Stroman's the biggest uh, trade thus far at the trade deadline because the Mets are kind of stupid. Uh, but do you think everyone would be freaking out about this trade if Yankees pitchers had even a semi-normal week uh, the past seven days, the past few games? Uh, I really think people are starting to freak out over the trade deadline and who's getting sent where. Uh, because we play just like absolute shit for a week. I mean, don't get me wrong, we do need starting pitching, but I think it's definitely multiplied, uh, you know, because of how we played. I think everyone would be a lot more calmer if we definitely had a better road trip uh, in general. Tell me what you think. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. This question kind of take me back because I guess people were, the Yankee fans were freaking out about not getting Stroman, but like, I don't know. Maybe I'm an optimist. Like the trade deadline's not over. Yeah, the the trade deadline's not over. Um, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see where the Yankees land. Jim, the the thing you said that I I don't know if it was miscommunicated or or what it was what what you thought or maybe what I was saying right or wrong. Marcus Stroman just made the most sense. He's he's got New York ties. He's been in the AL East. The price tag wasn't b- going to be uh, enormous. He, he feels like the kind of guy that could feed off that New York energy and give you a couple big innings. And he had the ground ball rate and et, et cetera, et cetera. It just, it seemed like he made the most sense. Because, I, I mean, think about that. And I, think about the names we just said, like all the Castillos, Cinderguards, even going back to Bumgarner. Like, it just never made sense. Stroman made sense, made the most sense. And now that's out and people are going to freak out for the next 48 hours. Yeah, I, I always said that I thought we had more to give than a Stroman package, and I've always thought Cashman was eyeing more than that. So, Well, that's kind of an optimist view, Jim. <laughs> I know. that. Well, that's who I am. Well, you just said you were pessimist. <laughs> when? Yeah, yeah, this morning. Huh? You're all right, bud. So you you think we're getting a big fish? Yes, I never. Okay. I you said you thought Strowman made sense. I always said we have more than what Strowman's worth. Like we can get him, but I think we have more than that. Strowman was cheap. I think if Cash wanted Strowman, he could have got Strowman. Right, but just a second ago, you said you don't really think any of the other guys are available. Well, I think Miner and Boyd are available. I don't think Bauer or Bumgarner's available. I think Robbie Ray's available. I think that um Yeah, I just I just think uh, okay, so I think, I think Castillo's available for the right pr- package. Right. I think part of the miscommunication here is I think a lot of people believe in Marcus Stroman more than Robbie Ray, Matthew Boyd, or even Mike Miner. Yeah, I I kind of don't. And that's yeah, that's that's the miscommunication here. We got it. Yeah. And, like, you just get him for one more year. I think there's better guys. Like, you said you'd rather Mike Miner for a year and a half than Stroman. Uh, from what he showed, Jim, these uh, these last couple weeks, those Miners got knocked around a bit. That's why the deadline is just chaos, man, chaos. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Strom. I think they also probably wanted a little more than what we got from Mets because it's within a division. Yeah, but I think Cash could have matched that if he wanted to. So I am optimistically thinking he has bigger, better plans. 
And we'll see. It can come crashing down. Like, if he does nothing, right. I'm going to be mad. We talked about that. But I'll, I'll, I'll stay optimistic and believe in cash until I, until I get proven wrong. There you go. What's up, boys? It is Jordan from Boston. So my worry with the trade deadline and Cashman, who has been obviously an amazing gem, uh, the problem is that he may hold on to those prospects a little too tight. Reading Mission 27, I heard that we didn't get Cliff Lee because of Yvonne Nova and Eduardo Nunez were um, not available. So do you think he is prospect hugging too tight, or do you think he's trying to be too um, not assertive? I don't know. Uh, let me know what you guys think. We okay. didn't get Cliff Lee because Matt Adams failed his physical. Boom. Otherwise, that trade was signed and done, and Matt Adams failed his physical, and then they just went to the next trade because they had limited time. Uh we don't have like prospects to hug. We don't have that many, that much to offer. You have to offer like everything to go out and get guys like Clint's a lot. I think Clint's worth more than Stroman, but who, who would we be hugging? Like Davey Garcia. I, I think he's, I mean, I think Davey's getting the most hype for trade. The Yankees have ever given a player hype for trade. It's yeah. just as Sheffield 2.0. It's chance Adams 3.0. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they just came out with the midseason top 100 prospects rating, and uh, uh, Loisaga was off, Davey was on, so now our three. Florial stayed, which kind of surprised me, but uh, they, they still like Florial's tools, I guess. But uh, I think it was Florial, uh, Davey Garcia, and Jason Dominguez, the Martian, our guy, um, were all in the 60s, 70s range, and they're the Yankees' three top 100 prospects. So, like, is Davey the only one you, you think would get hugged, quote-unquote? Jim, it's uh, you love when I whip it out and when I say this, but um, it's Brian Cashman's whiteboard. I have no idea. I, I have no idea if he thinks Davey Garcia is, is the second coming with this, you know, high strikeout numbers and, worst case, he could be a high-leverage reliever. Maybe they are just, just baiting him out there. Uh, he's currently the youngest player in AAA. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it turns into – it's kind of what you were just saying. Like, I'm, a, I'm an in-cash-we-trust guy. I mean, how many players have really burnt us that cash has moved away from? So I, I think if I, – I think we're going to find out what Brian Cashman thinks of Davey Garcia real soon. I agree. If, if he my... survives this deadline, I think he believes in him. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Well – that's not always the case because uh, Chance Adams survived his deadline, but it wasn't because Cash believed in him. Well, yeah, his his value came crashing down. Yeah, and because uh, they wanted to trade him for uh, Sonny Gray, right? And then they want to trade him for Cole. No one they didn't want him. Um, yeah, I think the, I think it's the hype machine. The Yankees rarely hype players in the way they're hyping Davey Garcia and rush him through the system. So that's, we'll see. But I, I don't, I mean, uh, I don't think cash should hug any prospects right now besides the Martian. Yeah. I've said that a bunch. We're just Martian Everyone should fans. be on the block. Just Martian fans. Eric Kratz too. Hey, John Boy and Jake, this is Carlos and... Damien, I uh, just want to say hello. We follow the show a lot. Uh, Damien was saying about the Yankees needing a pitcher. Everybody says we need a pitcher. 
There are no pictures available, but I... There are no pictures available. Yep. So what do we need? We need Gumby to come back. We need Severino to come back. We need the Tanzas to come back. That's what we need. Not new pictures. Them to come back. I'd love for Seve to come back and be an impact player. I don't think you can bank on it, though. I think you have to go get guys as if he won't be that guy. Or like you said, uh, at least bank on Seve being a bullpen arm. But uh, I don't think you can make moves anticipating uh, Seve to come back. Gumby got hurt during his rehab, and I think they just kind of completely scrapped the idea of him participating this season. We haven't heard an update in a while. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, he's next year's plan. Why, why rush it? So, uh, yeah, Carlos, it would be fantastic if those guys could come help, but I, I don't, I don't think Gumby's an option. I don't think you can bank on, uh, Savvy being a good pitcher, a starter. I'd love for it to come true. Got anything on that? I think you had it, kid. John boy. And Jake, great shows. Uh, want to keep on coming back for more. I think I want to give you a big shout out. I think you guys are doing great. Top five. That's freaking awesome. Great job. Uh, you got two series coming up against Boston. That's always been my talk before. I mentioned to you once before about the, the two against Tampa. We put Boston away, I think, in these two series. We're going to be looking really good in World Series. It's going to be our highlight of our season. All right. Thanks again. Love, love the stat show. Keep on going with those those Twitter hits. You're a savage. All right. Thanks, man. Just nice. a nice. All right. Cool party. All right. <laughs> cool beans, man. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Live by the quarry. Hey guys, it's Fubak. Um, I, you know, I love the talking stats with Casey Sharp. Um, but up until this last week, you know, it just really kind of, kind of pissed me off here. Uh, you guys were really talking about war. Um, kind of comparing players, uh, by their war. And everybody knows that, uh, war is a stupid stat. Um, Nobody can tell you how it's calculated, and uh, in my opinion, it should just be thrown out. Um, Edwin Starr said it best. He said, war, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing, and that's the truth. War stat, wins above replacement, is worthless. It's useless. It's a terrible stat. We need to get rid of it, and it pisses me off. When anybody talks about players, and they compare them with their stats pisses me off hey guys love the show love everything you do uh peace go yanks you know how i feel about war jake when it supports my argument it's great when it doesn't it's stupid yeah i think uh the yankees i don't think teams use war i think they have their own formulas but whatever formula uh, that Hicks lands on, like that contract, I think they believe in he's a war player. So, Yeah. It's, uh, there, there's a stat in the NBA that got popular a few years back called PER, which um, 
I don't know, at the end of the day, when it's kind of all-encompassing, you'll see a lot of the top players in the league up there, and the same with war. So it's kind of a unit of measurement, but you definitely see some outliers that don't match the eye test. I know um, uh, PER in the NBA is also favors big men, so if you're a guy that, like if you're like <laughs> Boban Maranovic, uh, that giant, I think he was just in one of the new like Statham movies or something. Anyways, if you score, if you score a couple points and grab rebounds in his like five minutes a game he plays, like you'll look at the highest PER list ever and it'll be like, okay, LeBron, um, there, yeah, there's Kobe and there's Boban. So, uh, war has a little bit of that too. So you, you have to take it for what it is. It's not an end game, but it's, it's just another, another number to add to the pot. You like a good gumbo? Oh, love a good gumbo. Oh, that's a good gumbo. Hey, John Boy, Jake. This is Jake Rickard calling from Orlando again. I uh, just want to say congratulations on you guys rising up the ranks. Uh, you guys definitely deserve it, and I really do appreciate your content. Uh, one question I have for you guys is, uh, now that we've opened up this pretty substantial lead in the division, um, when do you guys start to focus on teams outside of the division? Uh, either Houston, uh, Minnesota, and the Dodgers, uh, just for getting home field advantage and things like the World Series. Oh, no, 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 Jake, no. It's too early. Thanks. Way too, way too early. We're not, I can't even tell you when to start focusing on that because we're so far away from being able to focus on that. We got big four games versus Boston coming up. Too early. It's too early, Jake. Division early. is still the main concern. Too early. That's scary. Sorry. Yeah, hi, guys. I just wanted to talk about Aaron Judge and the low strike that gets called in him way too often. Besides for being called a strike on him, it's robbing him of greatness because now, look, he caught a low strike, so now he has to swing at the low pitch, so it's messing up everything he's trying to do, work the count, right? So you got to be more that the Yankees can do it. The fans could do to Major League Baseball, a time association, to get them to realize or do something about the low strike because he's being robbed. The low strikes on Judge suck. They alter at bats. I, I don't know what baseball can do. Like, is there like a you umps like memo? Like, hey, we have some really tall players. Be cautious of low strikes on them. Like, is that a thing that the MLB player umps union can do? Because because honestly, I feel like it should have happened. They they rate each home plate umpire after every game, and the home plate umpire gets its scores based on you know, hey, this is how many you missed, this is how many you didn't write. Like, who's the other guy? Matt Adams, Judge. Like, what if like shouldn't they be doing reviews? Like, keep it under wraps. Don't ever make it public because that would yeah. be a nightmare. Like, shouldn't there be like a little memo? Like, hey, these guys were constantly as a league every umpire botching more calls versus them than the average player. Let's try and uh, hone it in. Yeah, and Jim, I, I know I just made one NBA comparison. Dude, the NBA actually releases the final calls from the last two minutes, the two-minute report, and they say, like, oh, got that call wrong. Whoops, missed this one. Like, um, think about how far away that is from where we are in baseball. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think, and Jim, it, it really is a fight in my head because – we saw an umpire the other day who they were like, 
yeah, this umpire tends to have a little bit of a high strike zone and not the low strike zone. And you saw that play out, and, like, that's a little bit of the romantic side of baseball, like your ump on a given day and kind of playing towards that. Also, it's 2019. Let's kind of have the same strike zone (laughs) so our hitters and our pitchers don't have to worry about who's behind the plate and Aaron Judge getting that low strike called. I I get closer and closer to robo-ump world every day. Um, part of it makes me sad, but there's there's a lot of missed calls in every game that add up, man. And uh, sometimes it's for us, sometimes it's against us. Uh, in the case of Aaron Judge and all those low strikes, it's against us. It's against us. Did you see this weird tweet about Stroman from Mike Puma? Um, about him like not being happy or what? Being a veteran? It's a weird tweet, Jake. A Blue Jays official on Stroman. Sometimes players get real comfortable when they have been there a while and they think they are the veteran. I think when he gets into a group with DeGrom and Syndergaard over there, he will fit right in like he is supposed to do. Yeah, so, that's I mean, super weird. It seems like a pointed release that I'm not going to take any stock into where the Blue Jays are now trying to say Stroman thought he was the big dog and he's not. And once he goes, hangs out with DeGrom and Syndergaard, he'll realize he's not a big dog. That's what it seems like the Blue Jays official is trying to say. That's a weird statement. Made him sound like immature. Stroman, yeah. They're trying to paint Stroman in a bad light, I think, the Blue Jays. Yeah. All right, whatever. All right, next up. Hey, guys, it's Cameron from Midtown. I'm calling again to my second call. Didn't go through out in the train station and trains were going by and I think the call failed. Anyway, I'm just asking a question that's kind of a rumor in my building that Aaron Judge has recently moved across the street from me. Every day I notice before the game, like about eight hours before the game, there's a Mercedes out front and then like about like six hours before the game, that Mercedes is gone. Do you think um, that Aaron Judge lives across the street from me there's probably a possibility but i don't know i don't know what should i think of this should i believe this rumor and uh speak it out kind of or should i still have a about it cameron cameron you have to camp out by that mercedes the fact that cameron had so much data about the Mercedes and the eight hours and then the six hours. And yet he hasn't gone the next step to just... If it's really on your mind that you're going to call us and ask if Aaron Judge lives across the street from you, I don't, hang out one day. <laughs> Give it a shot, man. At that eight hours, go by the car and like get some binoculars out. Grab and then Duncan, if it is Judge, tell him I say hi. Grab, grab some Duncan kind of take in the streets of New York for a minute, enjoy your iced coffee, and see if Aaron Judge comes out or someone else. I have a restless mind. If I was Cameron, I would have done this day one. Yeah. So, congrats on being neighbors with Aaron Judge. Yeah, enjoy. What's up, guys? I was just thinking after watching this abysmal Red Sox series, if you took our entire team right now, and just put them on the Red Sox. If the current Yankees were the current Red Sox, which on the t- which players on the team do you think you're most likely to dislike? I mean, 
I'm thinking about it. Probably not Judge or Glaber. They're just too cool, too likable. But there probably are some people in there that you just wouldn't like if you had to play them. So let me know. Thanks. Pass. What was that? Do you want to go down? Do you want He's saying if we took all the Yankees and put them on the Red Sox and they were Red Sox players, which ones would you dislike? Yeah. So there's there's one way to phrase that question that's a little better. It's who do the who do the Red Sox who do Red Sox fans dislike the most on the Yankees? And the it's answer, Gardner and Voigt. The answer is Luke Voigt. Pick, yeah, picture, and, Gar- and Gardner. You're the Red Sox, and there was there was a hole at first base for a while, and they bring almost the king meathead in baseball, and he just comes in and rakes, and he's got a little uh, Sosa hop. You don't like Luke Voigt if you're a Red Sox fan. And an unbun shirt. Yeah, our friends, they don't like Voigt, and they don't like Gardner. Gardner's the Gardner's just like a grinder. Been there forever. They've seen him do it. Talking Yanks. It's Ben from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Close to home of Mickey Mantle. FYI. Just wanted to talk and say, um, so if you guys saw the Reds jerseys, the sleeveless ones, what you thought, and if the Yankees were to wear those, who'd look the best, who'd look the worst? I think the worst would probably be Jay Happ and Chad. The best, obviously, Hicks and Judge. Thanks. Oh, and Jake gave me a number on he I DM'd him. Thanks. Bye. What was that at the end? I don't know. He DM'd me or something? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of words there. Sounds like some sort of code. Like you guys are like in a, some sort of code business. Nice. And Jake, I gave some no at the end. What's that mean? To look into that. Imagine trying to teach you a code system. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah. You do love acronyms. I love acronyms. And Jimmy, as you know, one of my few life skills is like figuring out quirky things. Like if a charger can only charge a certain way. Like, I will find that. So I think using bad brain acronyms and whatever skill that is, I, I, I think you could code me pretty good. And you're like uh, those uh, female dinosaurs fucking. What was that? Life finds a way. Ash Finkter says what? Was there a question? Hey, John Blaine, Jake. Um, yeah, which Jake's would look better sleeveless? <laughs> Well, Voight likes sleeveless. I mean, Judge would probably look pretty good sleeveless. I mean, I think Tank brings some noise. Yeah, that's good. Cece. Oh, my God. Cece, Cece would be... I would get a poster. I, I, I don't know if I ever get a poster again in my life, but if I do, it would be sleeveless Cece. Towing that slab in the boogie down. Bronx. Uh, Chad Green sleeve. <laughs> I think that's my poster. I call it Chad Green. Chad Green. All right. Yeah, I think Hap actually gets the biggest laugh. Um, not not to be rude. I'm sorry. Um, Didi ends up looking great somehow because that's just how he rolls. Um, Hicks's biceps are are popping. Yeah, he said it's all angles. Canely's having the best day of his life. Ooh. Hey, John Boy and Jake, Luke Amarine from Buffalo calling. And without thinking about it, do you think you call more Yankees players by their first name or their last name? 
Okay. Go Yanks. Jake Sox. Jake Sox. Uh, yeah, when I do like the pregame show graphic, I don't put like, I'm not strict to their first name or last name, just whatever I call them. You want to go down the roster? I'll do the outfield. Right now it's looking right now it's looking like first names. Oh, for me, I think it's last name. Outfield. Guardy, Ooh. Hicks, Judge, Stanton. Yeah. That's out- all last name. Uh G, Giancarlo. I-, I think we'd say G or Giancarlo over Stanton. Oh, I think I'm strict. It'd be Stanton. tight. It'd be tight. Giancarlo, yeah, that's a close one. That's a fifty fifty. Yeah. Uh Geo, Didi, Glaber. That's all first G- names. Then you got Voigt. Luke. Luke. I didn't I call him Voight. Like, if we're just talking, I would yeah. never say Luke. That's my Outf- brother's name. Outfield's mostly last names. Infield's mostly first names. Gary. Gary, Geo, Didi, Glaber, DJ. Those are all first names. Yeah. Romine's last name. Tank is Tank or Masa. Cece, first name. Domingo, first name. I think I say Domingo more than her. I just yeah. did it, I guess. Sebi, Batansis, Canely, Otto, Hap, Chad. I say Chad instead of Chad, Green. You're not going to say Green, yeah. Chapman. Canely, Chapman. I think it's definitely last name for so me. So it's okay. It's bullpen is almost all last name. Um, and then infield. Infield is a lot of first name. Nestor. Nestor's a bullpen. That's first name only. Yeah, him and Chad are the only two out of like nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, it's it's closer than you think. I think I think last names has it, but yeah, Talkman last name. Yeah, Mikey can't T. just call him Mike. Mikey hey, T. Mike's playing left field. Like what? Mikey T. That's fun, but I think Talkman's the normal one. A lot of Mikey T. I don't know. Clint's first name. Wade's mm-hmm. last name. Tyro's first name. Yeah, Tyro's first name. It's interesting. A- I, I think right now last name has it by a hair, but I think a couple days. Ooh, Cameron Maben. What do we call him? Cameron. Cameron Maben. No, I we call him Cameron Maben. I thought about this. We always yeah. say the first and last name. Cameron Maben. No, I, yeah. I thought about it. We because uh, I was trying to make the graphic for the pregame show, and I typed name. out Cameron Maben, and I was like, I don't have enough room for that. Yeah, so just put Maben. Mm, tight. Hey, this is Aiden from the Jersey Shore with uh, no power calling for talking Yanks. Um, I need advice on whether or not I'm a jinx. Listen to every pitch of the Twins game that lasted five hours until it became 8-2 when I turned it off and decided to go to sleep. Couldn't sleep, woke up, saw it was 14-12 Yankees. Listened to the last out on my transistor radio. And now I don't know whether or not I'm a jinx. If they exist, just want your opinion. Thanks. Have a good night. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't know if you're a jinx, Ian, but I also don't know if you're 80 years old or 18. You fucking fell asleep during the game of the year, then listened to it on your transistor radio. Are you my grandma? Yeah. That's buzz- for the voice that young. That's bizarre behavior. And did they end that call with a bunch of giggles? Or did I mishear <laughs> I that? Uh, the end see. of that call sounded like a giggle fest. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a joke. What a I mean, whirlwind. a voice that young, a voice that young, cannot be deciding to go to sleep during the game of the year, and then can't sleep, 
So instead of turning it back on the TV, they turn on their transistor. That's a joke call, right? Think if not, so? Ian, I'm worried about your behavior. Yeah. It's if bizarre someone knows Ian, a, check in on him. It's either an 80-year-old with the voice of a 20-year-old or like a 20-year-old with the lifestyle of an 80-year-old. Like him. <laughs> That's bizarre. Hey, good evening, guys. Um, Dan from Mass via Connecticut. Um, just checking out some Twitter after the Yankees sucked for the third night in a row on Saturday night. My question is, what the hell are you two doing wearing jorts in the picture that Jake posted on Twitter at about 10 o'clock on Saturday night? I'd like an explanation. I mean, you guys are younger. I get it. But there's really no excuse for that. I'd like to hear an explanation. Um, pissed off about the Red Sox series, but still got a hell of a long way to go. New starter. Hopefully we get I was shocked, Jake, that season. people couldn't figure out we were at a themed party and thought we just dressed like assholes. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess you kind of dress crazy. I, I dress crazy a lot. I think the other part of the problem here, Jim, and you, you know this, this, this isn't throwing too much shade because we've, we've made fun of you since you showed up in that. That wasn't really, that was a 90s party and your outfit almost had nothing 90s attached to it. Jean shorts. Yeah, you brought some jean shorts, but like I had like an, an Air Nike shirt. I had some, some high top shoes going. Um, and then I busted out the denim jacket just because we, we started deniming out. Your outfit, I mean, we've talked over times, was more like 80s Frenchmen lost in America. No, I was Ferguson from Clarissa Explains It All. Right, but that's, uh, uh, that's you know, that's tough. You have to understand that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We would just go to uh, Salvation Army and buy weird clothes for theme parties. Yeah, if there was a theme party in college, it's like Salvation Army was a trip we were making. That was like, all right, we'll start at Salvation Army. We'll get the most ridiculous clothes we can find. We'll buy some liquor on the way back. Pre-game, maybe shower, party. Yeah. It's good times. I mean, that, if you think those outfits, I mean, that's tip of the iceberg. So, well, more, more yeah. coming to you on Twitter. I did get detained. You did, outfit. you did, uh, that was a tough night for you in the end. They pumped me up with so many drugs at the hospital that I don't remember the next two days. Yeah. And my mom was pretty mad at him about that. Yeah, she wasn't in the wrong. Um, Do you know they, they charged my mom like two grand for the hospital ride and all the medical bills? Yeah. And she just straight up said, not paying it? Yeah. And they were like, what? And she said, we didn't ask you to take him to the hospital. He didn't have to go to the hospital. So we're not paying that. And then the school just ate it. Yeah. Like she won. Yeah. Without even a fight. I'm not messing with your mom. Screw that. It's crazy. Anyway, next. Hey, John Boy, Jake. This is Jake Rickard from Orlando Con. And again, I, I had a proposition for you guys. Um, so it's the bottom of the sixth uh, day game at Yankee Stadium, 120 degrees outside. And uh, I just blew a little call. Um, with uh, two guys running scoring position from the home plate umpire. I want you guys to give me a minute. Give me your rant. Give me your Aaron Boone rant right to my face right now. Let's hear it. 
Thanks, guys. Minute on the clock, Jake. What's your rant to the ump that blew a call? What I missed a lot of this sixth inning, runners on, runners off. Yeah, yeah, it's 120 degrees day game. Hey, hey, Blue, turn down the suck knob. Trying to win a baseball game here, and you've got your suck knob all the way turned up to 10. So why don't you just try to bring, even if you bring that suck down knob to 7 or 8, that would be huge for us. So just turn down the suck. Yeah, it got the got the suck knob stuck at ten. Yeah. Turn down the suck. Turn up the good. Yeah. That's good. That'll get you going. Yeah. You you and I, I, I don't know, our approaches would be similar. We would try to I don't want to say demean the ump, but a lot a lot of humor would be mixed in to just make them feel bad. You can tell him you made out with your dad. You're going to be out here missing strike calls by that much when I saw you making out with my dad yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> it raised some eyebrows. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a tough break. You're out of here. What did I say? <laughs> I say? You tell me what I just said wrong. You said I was making out with your dad yesterday. Yeah. So? Sorry, maybe don't do it. Yeah. Anyway, go watch uh, the movie Fubar if you haven't. That's where that suck knob joke comes from. Fubar. Wow. Turn can on it, the color. Can it, <laughs> couldn't just let me steal that joke. Wow. Fine. <laughs> no, it's, it's too good. I don't want people thinking it's us. Last All voicemail. Right. Hey, Talking Yanks. This is Zach from Austin, Texas. Uh, I just had a question for you. I was curious if you could go back to any moment in Yankees history and be there live to witness it. Uh, what would it be and why? Thanks so much. Bye. Boone's walk off. My dad was there. Boone's walk off versus the Red Sox in 03. Extra innings game. The comeback in the eighth inning or whatever it was with Posada's bloop double. My dad was at that game. And uh, anything in my lifetime is going to have recency bias. So, like, if I was to do just games from my lifetime versus Boston, game seven, thinking you're going to lose, that's easily, easily what game I'd like to be at. Yeah, I'm I'm going uh similar to you, Don Larson's perfect game, October eighth, nineteen fifty six. You don't even know what the weather was. Don't care. It's October. It's your favorite season. So okay, that's done. Next. Yeah, but it was a really cold day. What other outs are you looking for that you're not going to be able to find because you know that was a really good answer? Dude, it wasn't even in color. It would be if you were there. That's exactly why. So that's so two. So that's another miss on your end. Okay. So I get to see something in color that a lot of people didn't get to see. Okay. Yeah, I'd rather. I've seen a no hitter already. I'd rather see uh, the walk off. You don't have that moment that you have with the walk off with the perfect game. That eruption. Yeah, I mean just just the whole game and all the pressures and history. But yeah. Yeah. No, did you know the whole crowd didn't even know he had a perfect game because the scoreboard had a hit up there by accident until the eighth inning? That's uh, that's how you convince them. Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't have known. Oh, I would have known. I would have kept score. It's 1956. <laughs> what else am Probably I going to do? Probably was so cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> watch the game. Yeah, keep the score. Keep the score. I like keeping score. Drink some. Gr- All right. Let's drink some beer. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Clarissa Explains It All. Yeah. So we appreciate that. We appreciate you. Did you see Marcus Stroman was on Nickelodeon? You probably weren't a Nickelodeon guy. I did see he it. Was on a, he was on Figure It Out. Man, yeah. jealous. Jealous. All right. Hopefully we don't. Well, we might have to do an impromptu uh, reaction episode soon. If we If we do, we do. And we'll see you then. And that's it. Jake, any last words? Go Yankees. Get get a couple pitchers. Get a couple pitchers. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting BetterHelp.com Yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com Yanks.